How's the volume? I think good. That? I can hear things. Good. So you can either, it's up to you if you want to move in a little closer, you can if you want. Well, how or... does it sound? Does it sound better closer? <laughs> it can sound a little bit better closer, but it doesn't really like matter. How close are you like, getting? Oh, here's good. Right here? As long as you're comfortable. Okay, I don't have to eat the mic. No, you don't have to eat the <laughs> mic, thank goodness. <laughs> and then, how's the volume on your headphones? Good. Okay. Um, so you haven't done anything like this before? Well, I have been on a few podcasts, but this is like the whole setup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we do stuff, we go we go bigger, go home. Clearly. Yes. We got this whole setup back uh, at the end of the pandemic. Oh, nice. So, so when we finally got out of the lockout... Um, I love how you call it a lockout. Or whatever you want in the lock-in. Lockdown, lockout, lockdown, lockdown. That's, that's what we're supposed to call it. I was like, we need, I need something to, you know, put towards some good energy. But also, yeah. a lot of our patients were struggling uh, with their mental health, especially. Mm. Because... You know, they'd never experienced anything like this before. It was a little scary. And, you know, whereas before in my clinic, like I treat a lot of mental health conditions, but it would take like the third or fourth visit before anyone had finally admit that there was something going on uh, in that area. Mm-hmm. Where after the lockdown, nine out of ten patients were telling me they had anxiety or depression. So, Like right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So that got us into, okay, we need to... Talk about this more mm-hmm. with our patients. So I'm like, well, let's just start a podcast. So we did like, and the focus is on mental health. And um, tonight's is, you know, we'll, we'll talk a bit about mental health. How do your, um, you know, training and tools mm-hmm. help people with that? Um, but also a bit of an introduction to you. Yeah. And uh, why you're doing the wellness treat, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just to help people know what's going on. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully it'll uh, help the numbers at the retreat as well. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, okay. All right. Any questions before we get started? I don't think so. Not yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Okay. I'll start it off. Well, welcome everyone to the Five Elements Letting Go. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum. And with me today is Samantha Baldwin. Um, she's the founder of the Goddess Temple of Healing Arts and... This is this podcast is explicit, so it is. She is a pussy power priestess. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, okay, we got to talk about this. This is interesting. But uh, just this idea around, um, you know, helping women reconnect with, you know, their power of birth and pleasure uh-huh. and uh-huh. all of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, what to, can can you describe more of what that is and kind of how you all pull it together. Where, where, where's the pussy power priestess thing come from? I'm very curious. A whole journey yeah. <laughs> comes from a whole journey. But I guess it's funny. I was thinking about it on the way here, but you, you know, I've listened to bits of your podcast, etc. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, okay, just wellness in general. How do we mm-hmm. get here? And I thought usually it comes from trauma. 
Well, that's what <laughs> makes us want to actually get well. Yes. Yeah. Get <laughs> well and then help other people get well. Yeah. And so I guess the Pussy Power Priestess came from trauma to mm-hmm. start. Your own? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if you want me to dive in, I'm totally open about it. But like I was sexually assaulted when I was 17. And what the result of that was, was complete physical numbness, not to mention all the emotional, physical, spiritual, like all of it went Mm -hmm. sideways. Yeah. And I went into counseling immediately because I don't like carrying baggage, but it like haunts you. You know, mm-hmm. even if you're like, oh, well, I went to like a counselor and I did all this art therapy and I did all this stuff. And it was like, well, it was still haunting me. So I ended up with this narrative when I was in my dating life um, that I was broken. So it was like, you know, whatever happens, like I can't feel anything. And it wasn't until I met my husband <laughs> where he's like, well, we'll see about that. And I was like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sure enough, I don't know if there was just some unspoken level of trust there or what, but he unlocked something within me. It took him maybe three weeks. And I was like hitting levels of pleasure I've never experienced before. And I thought, what is that? Like, I have to dissect that. Mm -hmm. And so I went down this rabbit hole of seeking that out and so i started you know learning from i don't know if you know alice hong she was a very well-known yoga teacher in calgary who then traveled the world and started bringing back tantric practices and so i studied with her and um started to really learn about women's pleasure specifically Mm -hmm. and what that means for our power and i started to become empowered in every other area of my life the more i went into that world Mm -hmm. plus i've been a doula since 2004 Mm -hmm. so i've seen a lot of birth i've seen the power myself Mm -hmm. and so i just kind of got a little obsessed with what that means for women and what it does for women and so that's that's where that's interesting mm -hmm. because because i'd imagine with just about everything in our lives if we can be vulnerable if we can open up and be you know authentic with where we are, the power from that in general, where you're a man or a woman, helps you to be the real you so you can open yourself up to receive, you know, because you're making that space, you're releasing that being a little empty with vulnerability to receive more and to, you know, experience more in our lives. And like with any relationship, the more vulnerable we are, the more trust we build and the more trust the better sex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And then this whole idea of, I don't know, just sort of like when you, like I've done work with women where I teach them uh, womb breathing. So it's basically like you're rocking back and forth on your pelvis and you're mm-hmm. using your breath. And then just connecting, just using your hands to just put on that space, that energetic space. And I'm hearing comments like I, you know, uh, endometriosis say, and then they're in pain or whatever for three out of four weeks of every month and incapacitated. And all of a sudden they're doing womb breathing and just connecting and yoni steaming as well. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this with women once a week in my priestess course. 
And they were telling me that just doing that once a week was freeing them from pain. They were calling me saying, I got my period today and I didn't even know it because normally they'd have all these symptoms leading up to it that they knew darn well what was happening. Mm -hmm. But it was like a surprise because they were pain-free just from this connection point Mm -hmm. with, yeah. Well, and I think too that trauma, pain, puts us in a position where we want to disassociate from our bodies uh-huh. so that we don't have to feel it or we don't have to deal with the, the pain or the emotions and the memories. And that disassociation just leads to more imbalance and more pain and, you know, just kind of feeds that trauma. Uh-huh. But when we can be with it and get back into our bodies, you know, and again, from Chinese medicine, you know, that, just how you describe it sounds to me like it's it's qigong, you know. Uh-huh. It's this movement and breath and getting uh-huh. the qi in the fascia moving uh-huh. so that the body can get that balance. And, you know, breath work in general is pretty amazing uh-huh. on how it can bring uh, not only us back into our bodies, but to help with that pain. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah awesome. I mean, I used to be a yin yoga teacher, and I mean, yoga in general, but yin was my favorite because mm-hmm. it was always like, and pre-2020, people really didn't want to be there. They didn't want to be in that discomfort. And I remember always saying, you know, climb back into that experience because I could watch them leaving their bodies as a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was always like, come back, go into that, yeah. that zone where that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's to... There's a quote I have in one of the treatment rooms, you know, where, you know, discomfort is, you know, and suffering is like a, an awakening uh-huh. to wellness. It remind it shows us that we're, you know, it's a signal to our minds and bodies that we become imbalanced and that we're not paying attention to the body uh-huh. you know, in our bodies to allow us to find that, that uh, connection and, and healing. Um, so it's rather than, and I think we, when we get ill or we get pain, we want to run from it and hide from it, like you said, Mm -hmm. but really we should look at it as, okay, what's your body trying to tell you here? And that's what's, you know, with what I love about Chinese medicine is, you know, every meridian fascial pathway has, you know, emotions associated with them. So, you know, okay, so what are you holding on to here? Uh-huh. What are you like with a lot of women's health issues? It's, you know, liver, it's spleen and kidney. Uh-huh. So we're going to have fear, anger, yeah. and worry, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. and that's kind of just the daily life for a woman. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> because yeah. they, you know, and I, and I think a lot of men don't recognize this uh-huh. is again, if a, if a, a man doesn't take the time, to really listen to a woman or understand where they come from, they don't understand the constant state of fear a lot of women are in mm-hmm. because they don't. Their power has been taken from them for centuries. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's exciting to see this shift in transition yes. and what it's doing to our culture in general. Yes. Any any words on that? Oh my gosh! So Sorry, funny. I just opened up a little. No, thing. yeah, you totally did. Um, Yeah, I think I, it, the, where I'm going, and I'll just follow the thought pattern, mm-hmm. is uh, 
my business partner and I just did a sacred sound retreat at a retreat center. I will leave off the name for now. Okay. <laughs> um, so we did a four-day retreat with sound. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner, it was open to anybody, but we ended up with all women. And my partner said, why is no men coming? Like, they've inquired, but where are they? And I said, I don't know, let's just go with it. You know, I'm kind of attract that anyway. That's partly how I became a pussy power priestess was even yeah. yoga. No <laughs> men would show up to my classes. Mm-hmm. I would sort of like, if a man showed up to my class, it was like to be celebrated because it was so yeah. rare. Um, and so I said, let's just go with it. And, and so this, we did this beautiful retreat that, was really powerful to talk about frequency and and a lot of our focus was not in like I do have the big amazing fancy alchemy bowls that cost an arm and a leg that have to be insured right Mm -hmm. but I always try to teach people that you don't need to invest that much money in a tool Mm -hmm. if you want to go nuts because I love it too but (laughs) um, you don't have to and so I always say like your most powerful sound healer is your voice Mm -hmm. and as you know the voice or the throat is anatomically almost identical to a woman's yoni. Mm. You know, if you look at the... Yeah. Yeah. The vaginal canal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so that, it's in case uh, there's yeah. some people that don't know <laughs> what a yoni is. <laughs> True. Sorry. That's the yoga lingo. I apologize. Okay. Um, and so we're playing this sound retreat. It was really beautiful. Except there was, um, and I'll just be totally frank, like there was a seriously haunted element going on at this retreat center. Like it was... Okay really haunted like we're talking participants who are not necessarily attuned to that having really freaky experience okay yeah i wish i would have known sooner it's okay we ended up there um and so we're there's this thread of us playing the sound and we were chanting using i taught them how to do a soul song and so it's about toning and then finding this tone that sort of clicks with you mm-hmm. and makes you feel empowered or whatever. Okay. So it's like different, like almost vowel sounds, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. And so each woman was chanting their vowel sounds and we were chanting them back. And it was this really powerful voice opening and spontaneous, strange things were happening, like a three hour dance by the fire that wasn't planned. And, yeah. <laughs> and you know, this wild circle was happening at the end. And, um, and then this, the last night we were there, it got really spooky. And like, I had to, like, I'm a Reiki master, so I had to use some serious energy methods for whatever was around here. And it felt like staying at this retreat center felt like an asylum this whole time. And I thought, where are these asylum vibes coming from? Hmm. So finally, when we were leaving on Monday, I asked the hosts who live there, I said, I hate to tell you, but like this place is really haunted if you haven't noticed already. But I said, what was this place? Anyway, the history of the place that I will not mention um, <laughs> was actually sold to a guy in the 80s who ended up um, blindfolding and essentially kidnapping prostitutes and drug addicted girls from Calgary, taking them out there putting them in a shed for rehabilitation. Oh my goodness. And I thought, here we are, freeing our voices, dancing spontaneously mm-hmm. around that. Like we were, there was sort of this um, freeing of that, whatever that oppression was. Hmm. And, and it did become other things. So like it was a Aboriginal rehabilitation place and a child and youth place and there's all these like I thought this is that othering you oh my know goodness. all the places where people abuse power 
<laughs> and so that's where I'm leading to with this whole masculine, yeah. feminine. It doesn't have to be women or men. It can mm-hmm. be this mass, like this idea of the toxic masculine, which it affects everyone, is what mm-hmm. we sometimes call the patriarchy, right? Where yeah. people, doesn't matter who you are, how you identify, are oppressed yeah. by a system or mm-hmm. something or mm-hmm. treated as non human. Mm-hmm. And so I think this rise of the feminine we'll call it Mm -hmm. of that energy of peace and love and flow is going to essentially free everybody Mm -hmm. and and stop Mm -hmm. this nonsense that we've had historically yeah because it's interesting i think the fight and the pushback from you know i would say a small major a small minority of men i i do think the majority of men now are Moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's like with anything, whether it's a, uh, whenever a group is threatened to lose their power, they get really loud at the end before they all transition and change. Whether it was slavery, women's right to vote, now, uh, you know, religion in the decline, people are freaking out who are faithful to their faiths, you know. And now, you know, men that feel all of a sudden, oh, everyone else is getting all these perks and benefits and poor men, <laughs> you know, but, but you got, you hit it right on the head. It's this idea of, you know, it's not men versus women. It's those in power that abuse that power to you know, control or manipulate others. Yeah. And that's that's where people have a hard time because they'll be like, oh, but this this one woman does that. Or, you know, yeah. this, but that's when people choose to let go of, um, you know, and, and it's not like women have a, a monopoly on compassion and vulnerability no. and kindness. <laughs> um, the difference is, I think, is that, Young men are taught at a young age to ignore their emotions, hide their emotions. And the greatest um, insult that for decades was used to make fun of a man was to call him a pussy Uh or a girl or Uh all of these things. And, you know, being a young man growing up in the 80s, that was something that was everywhere. It was. And, you know, now you look back and you're, and I think about this and you're like, oh my goodness. The greatest insult for a young man is to be compared to a woman. Mm-hmm. So how does that treat and train and prepare that young man for a relationship with women? Mm-hmm. He's told, don't cry. Don't talk about your emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't be so emotional. You know, all these mm-hmm. things. And then we wonder why majority of suicides are men. Oh, yeah. Why majority of mass shootings are men. Why, you know, a lot of the, and again, it's not all, but the difference in, it's not a man or a woman thing. It's that letting go of, you know, compassion and kindness and mm-hmm. uh, that need for just, the, there is no like upper lower level there's no caste there's no division we are who we are and the loss of that energy you know because i'm 
who knows what it was like back in the day when we were all hunters and gatherers. Who knows? But we're finally on the trajectory towards balancing that energy out, like you said. Yes. And we need to stick with it. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, there's some groups to, that are just like hanging from the cliff on their fingers and yelling and swearing at everyone. Yeah. They can just climb up and join us. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just it terrifies them because for some reason they feel they're losing power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have, have you ever seen that documentary, The Mask We Live In? No. It's all about toxic masculinity. And it goes through, you know, explaining what it is and Mm -hmm. how it harms people, both men and women and the communities as a whole. And they even go into prisons and they, there's these courses that are taught in some prisons in California where they actually talk about this. And so all these prison guys talk about how when they were young, they were never allowed to talk about their emotion. And the Mm -hmm. only thing that was, you know, uh, celebrated was machismo and that masculine man. And so... That was the only thing they could do or be or act like. And it leads to this very aggressive, mm-hmm. very disconnected male mm-hmm. that just turns to abusive power to solve any problem. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, no, so I anyone that is interested in that documentary, look it up. Totally. You know, I tell all my young patients, uh, young women that are, you know, trying to find the one or their partner, I always say... You know, on the third date, have them watch that documentary. Yes. Because if they're toxic, they're going to ghost you. Uh-huh. If they're in the, on the right direction, but they're struggling to understand, they'll talk to you about it, uh-huh. but they'll defend and, you know, uh-huh. yes. you know, have a lot to talk about. It. If they're on the right, you know, if they're already there and they're in a good place, they'll be like, yeah, that was awesome. That is totally right. This is what it is. So it kind of gives them a gauge because I'm like... And even if, if they're one of those first two, are you even yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> worth the time? Sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but also like raising your boys. Yeah. You know, like from the mother mm-hmm. archetype. Yeah. Like I know if, if you want to bring astrology into the whole picture, I have a son who's a Pisces sun and a cancer moon. And if, you know anything about astrology that you can't get a more sensitive combination yeah and he truly is like the most sensitive human being i've ever met Mm -hmm. and he's only six but like and i'm you know i'm homeschooling him like we talked about that before this was all recording Mm but i'm watching this ability and my husband is really in that very balanced state luckily he's had a, a lot of life to get there but he's really he sometimes catches me on that sort of expectation to hold up the fort or to, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, I need to fall apart kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he'll, he'll, it, it, he has to catch me on it sometimes. Yeah. But to be in the place of raising a boy without the influence of a system, I mean, I he's influenced because you're influenced regardless, mm-hmm. but he's not in school. He has none of this influence from mm-hmm. he has two older sisters so they influence him but it's just really cool to start to watch how are his emotions being handled how, you know mm-hmm. is he being celebrated for having like are we directing him in the right context etc so i think it's a really powerful position to be really aware of mm-hmm. 
what is the messaging? What is yeah. the conditioning that's yeah. happening here? Yeah, and I, I just hope that that approach to parenting and just that acceptance of just whatever you are, whatever your energy yes. is, you know, you know, like I can, I can remember a story with my oldest. And so I was raised like staunch Mormon. Wow. And um, it took me 37 years to get out. But I remember my oldest son one day on the way home from church, he was like, um, we were talking about what we learned in church. And I said that, and he's like, I learned I'm an atheist. And I was like, okay. Like he was like 10. So I'm like, how does he even know what this word is? Mm -hmm. So obviously it was brought up in class mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, that's me. <laughs> so at first I'm like, okay, does he understand the word? So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Can you tell me about it? And he's like, yeah, it means I don't believe in God. And I'm wow. like, okay. And I'm like, all right. Um, well, that's, that's good. If you feel that way, that's, that's your choice. Uh, we still, you know, we're still going to go to church and we're still going to church at the time. I'm like, yeah, but we're still, you know, still going to church and stuff, but you get to, you can believe what you like. And then I think it was six years later when he came out to me that he was bi. Mm. And I wonder if I had approached that, you know, that experience in a different mm. way. If I had squashed it and say, no, in our home, we are this. Mm-hmm. And stifled that expression and that honesty, would he have ever felt he could express that to me later on in okay. his life, you know? And, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got a bi son, a gay son, and I'm my youngest, believe, uh, feels he's asexual. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, and again, everyone's like, why is this happening so much more? And I'm like, it was always there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no one was able to be honest. And again, gender is a spectrum. Totally. You know, there's there's your biological sex and then there's gender. Yes. And gender is the expression of who you are. Mm -hmm. We've just decided that there's only two. Right. You know. In and, the Piscean age, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, there's there's a, there's a whole blend. There is. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's amazing how that is changing with children. I love it. They can be just so much more honest with who they are. Yes. Um, my I, question I have for you is: so, with your your practice and the tools you use, um, could you describe to me what you know? Like you said in the past, you you worked as a doula. So, mm -hmm. do you, you do you not work as a doula anymore? No, I still do. I'm here and there. I'm okay. not in love with the system right now, but oh, okay. Because it sounds like you got lots of lots of training. So, how would you describe what you do and how you use it to help? Um, you know, I don't know if you work with men too, but I do. Okay, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah obviously, mostly women. I, I find a lot of women are just attracted to what I do, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's where the the you know mark uh, like the branding has sort of come out of is just yeah. who was attracted to me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, basically, you want to know what I do, like all all encompassing what mm -hmm. it, that would look like. So I'm really. The best place I feel I can affect people is in my integrative healing sessions. So that is where I offer the sound. So I play the alchemy crystal bowls on their body and around them. I, I drum. I do all kinds of sound stuff. And then um, 
I offer the energy medicine or like I'm trained in holy fire Reiki. And so I offer the energy medicine, but I also get, I've been psychic since I was a kid. So I get major messages. I get messages from loved ones. So it is kind of a, has a bit of a sprinkle of mediumship in what I do. And then, um, and then I send them off with homework. So um, really my teachings are about empowerment regardless of who you are but typically men don't take priestess courses for some reason maybe that'll change one day but <laughs> i don't often what's uh, it's labeled priests and priestesses right once it's labeled <laughs> both and people understand that yeah or what's the gender neutral form right? for, what is that for priest like not even wizard school like it would have yeah. to be like like i don't even know we'll have to come up with it um and so in those classes, I'm teaching women how to become empowered from the inside out mm -hmm. um, through those practices of yoni steaming, jade egg is a good one, the breathing, but then also sort of just having and living a magical life. So I teach that kind of stuff as well. So it, I feel like I'm divided in between this sort of teacher mm -hmm. and this healer. Mm -hmm. And so it depends where I either have students, you know, and then I have clients <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. so group setting or one-on-one -on -one. totally yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. but that's a you know a great healer is the one that not only heals someone but teaches them how they can heal themselves well, yeah because we can't and, do it alone yeah you know that yeah well and they you know it's interesting i learned early on while i was in school you know in the in the clinical setting uh in my school studying acupuncture that you can you know, use acupuncture nerves to get someone better. But if they're a lifestyle and they don't have the tools physically and emotionally to maintain that balance, you know, you have a, a lifetime patient that's never going to be well. Mm -hmm. And financially, that might be a good idea. Mm -hmm. But if you can't get people better, you don't get referrals. <laughs> and that is fair, actually. And it doesn't help the patient. Yeah. So... Uh, in Chinese medicine, there's eight limbs. Mm -hmm. And so there's like, you know, ones that we do for them, ones we kind of help them understand, and then mm -hmm. ones they do themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through all that, it's important that we do teach yes. and give them those tools so that they can take that home yes. and, and kind of... And, and I think, you know, rather than just giving someone a, a pill, which at times they're great and they do their job, but... If that's the only responsibility the patient has to change, then it's not true healing. No. You know, and so when you can give them those tools to say, okay, I want you to go home, do this, mm -hmm. and work on that, you know, there's some ownership and, you know, this active healing mm -hmm. that then happens rather than just this passive healing where like, yes. oh, you made me better. You know. Which is again not empowered. Mm -hmm. That's like giving away your authority. Yeah. I get I hear a lot from patients too. They're like, "Oh, you, you, you healed me, or you're amazing, or you did this." Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'm just like, "Oh, I just put needles in you. Yes, your body healed you. Yes." And I think one of the important thing that we can as, as healers to help patients understand is that the power within their bodies and mm -hmm. their ability to heal themselves, because there's certain statements and things that happen in Western medicine that. Uh, can block that for a patient uh -huh. um like often i'll hear this from doctors i'll tell patients well you just have to learn to live with it and when i hear that i hear the opposite which is if you want relief from this the only way is through death 
And so the subconscious of the patient feels that I have to live with this the rest of my life. Ooh. And then it puts in their head the seed of, well, if I weren't around, I wouldn't be in pain. Mm-hmm. And that is, and I know it's not on purpose, but our language as healers is so important. Mm-hmm. And to take that power from that patient, just say, this is, no, this is just how it's going to be. And yes, you may be able to, you know, and that's where we need some more humility in medicine, mm-hmm. that if you can't get a patient better, it doesn't mean they can't get better. It means you're not the path for their healing. Yes. You know? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because, again, I'm sure there's some people who may be listening to this and be like, wow, Pussy Priestess, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Totally, because we're not for everyone. Because <laughs> there's people out there that are just like, listening to this and they're like, I want to be a Pussy Priestess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you do. And they're drawn to that energy, <laughs> totally. right? Because I, I think of it as you describe this, this treatment. So I'm laying there. I have these crystal singing bowls on me, and you're playing them and playing a drum and all of this. Just to allow yourself to be in that place to open up to that. Because that, to a lot of people, is going to be fucking weird, right? Sweet. Because they never, <laughs> yeah. like this could be like way out of someone's comfort zone, oh, right? Oh, totally. But to put yourself in that place... And open yourself up to that and be trusting to it creates this avenue for healing that isn't available unless you really, like you're, you're really opening yourself up. Yeah. Acupuncture is the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, more people know about it, yes. you know, whatever, but it's still scary. Yeah, Needles. Yeah, because we have a stuff. negative association with them. Yeah. Yes. But when you come in and you can just, Put your trust in someone mm-hmm. and just open yourself up to that healing. Just taking that first step in something like that is huge in healing. Like, yeah. it, it, how would you describe the experience of a patient? You know, someone who's never done something like this. Okay, I will. Like? I have a story, okay. but yeah, it's yeah. not in my healing room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so once upon a time, I was a poet. And I was teaching yoga and I was a poet. And so I taught my class and I used to teach like with the bulls. And so I had the bulls, but again, they're, they're like insured. So I'm not leaving them downtown Calgary in my car. So I have to take them into the poetry reading with me. So that's fine. But then all the poets decided they wanted to go to a bar after. And I thought, okay, well, I'll come for a drink maybe, but I'm not leaving the bulls here. So I took the bulls to the hop and brew. Okay. <laughs> so I have these bags that are very cushy so the bowls don't break and, and I'm taking them up into this bar and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to the poets whatever and this guy comes up to me who was not anywhere it was not in our group or anything he was just this random guy he was completely you know half cut you know how they look whatever and he comes up and he goes what's in the bag and I was like oh they're um bowls <laughs> and he said like like salad bowls and I was like well not exactly and I said do you want me to show you and he said yeah yeah show me your bowls you know like he's all obnoxious whatever so I I pull out one bowl and again hop and brew music's happening voices are happening. you know how loud it is there yeah and I start playing and people started turning they could hear the 
one bowl I played over yeah. the music, over the conversation, that is how high frequency they are, mm. that people started turning around and wondering what I was playing. Yeah. And this guy sobered up right before my eyes. Like <laughs> his eyes got clearer. He got almost serious. Uh-huh. And I just kind of looked at him and he goes, wow. He goes, I'm really sorry I called them a salad bowl. He's like, that's actually really amazing. Yeah. And I thought that yeah. is the power of frequency with mm-hmm. people who have no clue yeah. what that was about. Hmm. And so I was just lucky that I brought them into a space that they wouldn't have been expected in you know mm-hmm. and had that experience cool. super yeah. cool are you bringing the bulls to the foothills wellness retreat probably not oh okay well, so because what, what are you doing at the retreat what's so your... the retreat i'm doing i'm a vendor i'm a vendor and a presenter so mm-hmm. in the vendor i'm doing the akashic record readings okay as a presenter i'm doing a talk on pleasure which will be really exciting and then i'm doing a talk on sigils and how to create sigils too. Okay, uh, for those that don't know, yes. you want to describe a so sigil. So sigils are symbols that you can create out of an intention that you have. And what happens is, so like runes, a lot of you will know runes. You don't have any tattooed on you, do you? Um, do you? Um, I have some alchemy symbols. You have some alchemy symbols. Yeah. So yeah, like simple symbols like that, but you're taking a, an intention, you're almost boiling it down obviously i'm going to teach how to do it mm-hmm. into a symbol because the symbols actually bypass the subconscious or bypass the conscious mind into the yeah. subconscious so this is almost like creating a symbol that's a seed that can help you manifest whatever mm-hmm. yeah. you're looking to manifest which is why you have to be very careful with them and manifest exactly what you want to <laughs> manifest <laughs> be careful what you wish for yeah. always um so yeah, so I'm just doing a talk on sigils, and then I'm doing the talk on pleasure, and then I'm doing Akashic readings. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what the readings, do you want to describe those? Yes, I love the readings. So unlike a psychic reading where, you know, you get this information from a psychic and you're just supposed to do something with it, Akashic is opening up the whole library of your soul's records. So you have, your soul is not just located on this planet at this time and space like your soul has done many many other things and i have access when you give me permission to these this realm and you can ask any question about your soul's journey why why am i not making enough money why can't i find the relationship i want why aren't i getting the healing i need you know what what are my limitations and tell me why i can't move forward in this aspect and you can ask questions like this and then i will receive information from your record keepers on what past lives are informing this and what sort of soul contracts or anything that has sort of played into this obstacle in your life. Um, And then what's beautiful about it is it's actually like a healing technique within the Akashic so that we can transmute it and transform it. And you're not just walking out of there with information and going, well, that was cool, but it's actually that we heal and transform that thing that is either stopping you or limiting you or oh. it's so much fun oh cool and so you'll be doing that on saturday night between six and nine. i think so yeah yeah okay oh that's awesome mm-hmm. those are some cool things i don't know where my schedule is like that day I, I i don't know how it works with presenters if we get to go to the other ones or not right? but i'm gonna have to figure that out yeah <laughs> yes well that's so exciting so if someone's listening to this and they don't want to wait to the 
retreat uh-huh. to get a hold of you or, oh, yeah. you know, uh, have an experience, uh-huh. a session with you. Do you have a website? Yes. Do you have- so head on over to www.goddesstemplearts.ca. Okay. And um, also once a month, it's going to be end up being more. I do play, if you're wanting the bowls, I do play the sound bath at Lemuria Studio in High River. Okay. Um, so you, it's on my website. So mm-hmm. whenever the dates will be. Well, we'll put a link to your website in the description. Yes. Of the podcast. I would love that. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. me in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, that's exciting. It's going to be, I'm really excited about the retreat. I think it's going to be a really neat way to kind of get everyone together. It is. And, um, you know, build those, build that community and, and uh, connection relationships with all the other practitioners. Well, I think town. it's going to be really busy yeah. now that the long weekend's over. I yeah. think it's just going to fill up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for joining us. Thank you sharing for your having experience. me. This is really neat. Absolutely. I learned a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if you want to um, become a pussy power priestess, you've got it. We've got our boss right here. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank Have you. a great day.